Genesis chapter one, Genesis chapter one, and then also Isaiah uh, chapter nine. Uh, again, uh, Genesis chapter one, and then Isaiah chapter nine. Um, I want to talk today, as we were just celebrating our uh, Independence Day. I want to talk today about uh, godly keys for good government. Godly keys for good government. I've been uh, thinking and, and uh, thinking about this and studying along this line. And uh, you know, we look at the world and we wonder what's what's going on. And and uh, I want to share with you some keys, some godly keys for good government. And uh, as we look at these keys, uh, I want to emphasize that the keys are not only going to apply to civic government, but also for, for home government or family government, uh, business government, as well as governing ourselves, self-government. And even you can apply it to church government. Uh, let's first look at uh, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. Uh, the point I want to bring here is that mankind was given dominion, or we could say delegated authority over the earth. So as we talk about good government and godly uh, uh, keys for good government, we first see that mankind was given dominion or delegated authority over the earth. Here in Genesis 1, I'm reading this out of the Amplified in verse 26. It says, uh, God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image, after our likeness, and let them have complete authority. Notice that word and amplify complete authority over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, the tame beasts, and over all the earth, over all the earth, and over everything that creeps upon the earth. In verse 27, so God created man in his own image, in the image and likeness of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And in verse 28, and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. So again, subdue, having dominion. And then the Amplified, it says, using all of his vast resources in the service of God and man and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. So here in verse 28, talk about being, uh, being fruitful and fill the earth. And so really one of the first governments that we see is family government. He talks to, uh, he says created male and female. He's talking to them. So he's talking to the family, if you will. And uh, he gives them this assignment to, uh, to have dominion. He gives them delegated authority over the earth. And uh, we also see as we look at this, at this Genesis passage that uh, humanity was uh, created to consecrate things and to manage things for the glory of God. So God has given this mandate uh, to mankind to govern the earth, to manage the earth. But we need to do it in a way that's going to glorify God, to glorify God. And so as we study uh, these biblical uh, keys for good government, uh, the ultimate goal is for uh, government to, to glorify God, whether it's self-government, whether it's family government, whether it's your business, governing your business, as well as civic government, uh, it is to, to glorify God ultimately. Glory to God. Now go with me to uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 9 and verse 6. And, and really what I was just saying is this, this point that I want to bring out now is that, is that the ultimate uh, government 
is the kingdom of God. The ultimate government is the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. The ultimate government is the kingdom of God. And then we must study, if that's if it's the ultimate government, then we must study God's government as a model to, for us to operate by. Remember what Jesus taught to pray, he said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we want the model of the kingdom government, the kingdom of heaven, to be the model of what's operated here on the earth. And so here in uh, Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 in the Amplified, it says, for, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace. And I read that, that word wonderful. Uh, can, can mean hero. So the, the anointed one uh, of the word uh, wonderful uh, means he's doing supernatural deeds. When we talk about mighty, the word mighty uh, can mean hero. So he's a, he's a hero. He's a mighty God. Hallelujah. Down in verse seven, it says, of the increase of his government and, and of peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from the latter time forth, even forevermore. And then it says, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And so again, uh, uh, it says a child is born and a son is given. And so Jesus is entitled to rule. Jesus is entitled to govern. And as I said, mighty means hero. So he, he is the hero of the people. And then notice it says uh, the increase of his government and peace. And so uh, one key of good government is that good government is a government of unending peace and, uh, and, and unending prosperity. Those, those, those are the aims. Peace and prosperity are the aims of good government. Then it also talks about here that we'll uphold it in verse seven with justice and righteousness. So good government is established and upheld with justice and with righteousness. And then I also notice in verse seven, it says uh, the peace, uh, this government of peace, there shall be no end. And so uh, this, this peace for government that we're talking about is that there will be no enemies. And I was reminded of the song that, uh, you know, the enemies will cease, you know, and uh, they'll, they'll cease from troubling. And so um, we, we get to that place where, where Jesus is ruling and reigning and the peace that he brings, there will be no enemies. There will be uh, uh, no, no uh, opposition, unending peace, glory to God. And the notice it says that the zeal of the Lord, and so there's, there's a passion, a fire of God that, that will accomplish uh, these goals of, of peace and prosperity. Hallelujah. Now go with me to uh, Colossians chapter one, Colossians chapter one in verse 16. Colossians chapter one and verse 16. I'm um, look at this in the uh, King James Version. Colossians chapter one and verse 16 in the King James Version. Uh, the point I want to bring out here as you're getting over to Colossians is that by our Lord, all things were created, including government. And government is, is because of him or government is for him. Hallelujah. So by our Lord, all things were created, including government. And the government is because of him. Glory. 
personal government, um, business government, civic government, family government, it's because of him. Notice here in Colossians chapter one and verse 16 in the King James, it says, for by him were all things created, all things created that are in heaven and that are on the earth. And then notice it says visible and invisible. So both the material realm or the natural realm and the spiritual realm are for him. So notice again, it says uh, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, glory to God. And then verse 17 says, and he is before all things and by him, all things consist. So you see one of the words, uh, the word repeated over and over, all things, all things were created uh, in heaven and, and all things created by him and for him. And then notice in verse 17, he is before all things and by him, all things consist. So notice this, this, uh, this, this key uh, word about all. So by our Lord, again, all things were created and that includes government. So the government was, was created by him and is created for him. Like I said, we do all things for the glory of God. And so here, uh, everything is, is around Jesus. And so the Lord Jesus is the goal, or he's, he's the point of all things. He's the point of political government. He's the point of family government. He's the point of business government. He's the point of self-government. All things are, are about him. It's all about him. And so again, it says, for by him, all things created, whether in heaven or that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and they were created for him. And verse 17, and he is, the, he is before all things and by him, all things consist. So good government is, is all about making Jesus the goal. It's about making him the design, making him him the, uh, the purpose. And as we saw in, in Isaiah uh, 9, uh, I want to bring out that, uh, that the kingdom of heaven is, 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 is the model. It's the prototype in which we want to uh, follow. When we design governments, we want to follow the kingdom model. We want to follow the kingdom of heaven model. And then here in Colossians, all things are about Jesus. So this is like a sub point. So uh, the kingdom and the government should be uh, focusing on uh, honoring Jesus and glorifying him and magnifying him and pointing to him. He should be the center and the circumference, I think the message Bible says, of, our, of, all, of, our of all of our dealings. As we deal in the family government, as we deal in business government, it should be all about him. Glory to God. Hallelujah should be all about him. Glory to God. Now go with me to uh, 1 Samuel chapter 8. 1 Samuel chapter 8. And we're going to look at this in the New Living Translation. Um, 1 Samuel chapter 8, and I'm going to start at verse 5. 1 Samuel uh, 8 in the New Living Translation, and I'm going to start at verse 5. Uh, the point I want to bring out here is that the, the, that the people wanted a human government solution to rule over them. They wanted a human government as a solution to rule over them rather than God. And then I read that they that the people 
Israel, Israel mistakenly thought that the problem and the hardship that they were going through uh, was because of, uh, of inadequate government when the real problem was their sin. So they thought that a human government would, would solve their problems. But the problem wasn't the government, but the problem was, was God. Uh, the problem was their sin. Uh, and they wanted to choose, choose a human government rather than to choose God and to be like the, the other people around them. So here in 1 Samuel 8 and 5, the New Living Translation, it says, look, they told him, you are now old and your sons are not like you. Give us a king to judge us like all the other nations have. So they want to be like the, like the other, uh, other nations around them. Verse 6, Samuel was displeased with the request and went to the Lord for guidance. Do, uh, do everything they say uh, to you, the Lord replied, for they are rejecting me, not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. So they were looking for a human government as a solution to rule over them rather than God. And they thought their problem was due to inadequate government, but the problem was sin. Here in verse eight, uh, ever since I brought them uh, out of Egypt, they have continually abandoned me and followed uh, other gods. And now they're giving you the same treatment. Uh, do as they ask, but solemnly warn them about the way that a king will rule over them. And then I'm just going to touch on some of these things. The, the way that a king will rule over them. Verse 11 says he will draft your sons uh, and, and assign them uh, chariots and charioteers. Uh, let me look at this in the uh, Message Bible. Uh, he says here that they'll take your, your sons and your daughters. Uh, they'll take your sons and make soldiers out of them. Uh, uh, charitry, uh, cavalry, infantry, regimented in battalions and, and squadrons. Uh, he'll put some uh, to forced labors on his farms because you want a king. Uh, plowing and harvesting, the forced labors on plowing and harvesting the farms. And then others. Uh, to be making uh, weapons of war or chariots in which he can ride in luxury, the Message Bible says. He'll put your daughters to work as beauticians and waitresses and cooks. Uh, he'll conscript your best fields, your vineyards, your orch orchards, and uh, hand them over to his special friends. He'll tax your harvest and vintage to support his extensive bureaucracy. bureaucracy. Your... Um, your prized workers and best animals he'll take for his own use. He'll lay a tax on your flock so you get taxes. You'll end up no better than slaves. The day will, will come when you are crying desperation because of this, uh, this king you, uh, you so much want for yourselves, but don't expect God to answer. And then verses 19 and 20 about the people wouldn't listen to Saul, uh, to Samuel. No, they said, we will have a king to rule us then we'll be like other nations. Our king will rule us and lead us to fight our battles. So again, they thought that the, the answer was, was in a human solution. And he goes on to tell them all the things that will happen uh, because they, they choose a human king. Um, and, um, and we know the other sub point is that uh, in spite of this imperfect government, God still worked uh, to guide and he still purposed uh, to guide his people. And then we see as they initiated a human form of government, we see that imperfect government 
shows the need for God's perfect government. And we saw in Isaiah, we're coming to the point where his government, God's government, uh, will have no end and his peace will have no end. So imperfect human governments that we experience show the need for God's perfect government. And I read that no type of, of government on earth will solve all human problems. Uh, no, no, no human government will guarantee peace as long as there are sinful people on the earth. There's still sinful people. And so there will be imperfect government uh, from time to time. There will always be imperfect governments here on the earth because we're dealing with imperfect people. Uh, I want to go on now. Uh, and so that was just a, a background about uh, establishing uh, human government leaders. Now, God wants uh, to work with leaders, but he wants leaders that will work with him and cooperate with him. And, and he wants the leaders in his own time. Now, go with me to 1 Samuel chapter 10 in the New Living Translation. Just a, a brief point here. The point I want to bring out here in, in 1 Samuel 10 and the New Living Translation in verse 1 is that government leaders uh, in the Old, Old Testament nation of Israel were anointed for their position. So government leaders, or you could say good government leaders in the Old Testament nation of Israel were anointed for their position. So here in 1 Samuel chapter 10, New Living Translation, verse 1, it says, And then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it over Saul's head. He kissed Saul and said, I'm doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be ruler over Israel, his special possession. And so, again, he poured oil. And so um, this symbolizes being anointed for the position. So good government leaders are those who we could say are who are anointed for the position that, that they operate in. They're not only appointed, but they are anointed uh, for their position. Hallelujah. So we pray for anointed leaders, uh, leaders, again, not only in a civic government, but in business government and in family government. And even in self-government, where we govern ourselves, uh, we want the anointing of God to help us in our assignment, in, 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 in these assignments of the government assignments that we've been given. Hallelujah. Now, uh, go with me to Acts chapter 24, and I want to bring out just a, a key observation here. Uh, Acts chapter 24 and verse 2 and 3 in the Amplified Bible. Acts chapter 24 and the Amplified verses uh, 2 and 3. And um, the point I'm going to bring out here is that in pursuing God's ultimate or perfect government, good government must have the foresight to make improvements or reforms to help people enjoy peace. And we can say peace and profit or peace and prosperity. We could add the prosperity. <clears throat> so again, uh, in pursuing uh, the ultimate or perfect government, Good government must have the foresight to make improvements or you could say reforms to help people enjoy peace and we could say profit. So here in Acts 24, and this is where I observe this in Acts 24 and uh, verse 2 and 3 uh, here in Amplified. And when he was called, Tertullus began the complaint against him by saying, since through you, we obtain, and he's talking to the, the government leader, we obtain and enjoy much peace. So he's talking about the peace that they enjoy through you. 
And since by your foresight and provision, wonderful reforms or amendments and improvements are introduced and effective on behalf of this nation. And then it says, in every way and in every place, most excellent Felix, we, uh, we accept and acknowledge this with deep appreciation and with all gratitude. So we, we thank God uh, for leaders who, who are pursuing uh, God's good government by making improvements and making reforms that will bring peace and that will bring profit or prosperity to the constituents, to the citizens. And so good, good government are those that are bringing peace uh, and civility to the, to the constituents, to, the, to its citizens. And you can have peace again, uh, in your, not only in the civic government, peace in your family government, peace in your business, you want peace on the job, and peace within yourself, within self-government. So we want to apply this to, to every area of government, not just the civic government. And so again, uh, we're making reforms and improvements in all these areas that will bring peace as well as prosperity. Glory to God. Now, uh, go with me uh, back to uh, Leviticus uh, chapter 25, Leviticus chapter 25. And the point I want to bring out here as you go into Leviticus 25, and we're going to look at verse 43, is that good government or rulership is not harsh, it's not dictatorial over, in, over an individual, but it's, but it's humane and it's compassionate. God is not oppressive, and, and he's our model. Jesus is our model. He's not oppressive. He's not a, a, a person of, of tyranny who will, who, will, who will victimize and crush and enslave people. So again, uh, here in Luke 25 and verse 30 and 43, Jesus, God has given instructions here. He says, you should not rule over them. And this is the Amplified. You should not rule over them, over him with, with harshness or severity or oppression, with severity or, or, or oppression, but you shall reverently fear your God. You shall reverently fear your God. So good government or rulership is not harsh or, or oppressive on an individual, but it's humane and it's, it's compassionate. So it says you will not rule over him with harshness or severity or, or oppression, but you will reverently uh, fear your God. So uh, those who are in leadership should ultimately have a fear of God as they deal with, with the people of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now I'm going to move further here. Uh, if you go with me to uh, Isaiah chapter 22, Isaiah chapter 22, I'm going to begin reading at verse 21 in the King James Version. Isaiah 22 and verse 21 in the King James Version. And the point I want to bring out here is that good government has what, I, what I'm calling a, a father's heart for the inhabitants of the city or the state or the nation or the business, the family. So good government has what, I, what I'm calling a father's heart. And again, we're talking about the godly, godly keys for good government. So good government has a father's heart for the inhabitants. So notice with me here in Isaiah 22, and uh, verse 21 uh, in the King James. And it says, and I will clothe them with thy robe and strengthen him with thy girdle. And I will commit thy government into his hand 
And then notice this, and he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. So notice he'll be a father to the inhabitants. And then uh, verse 22, and the key of the house of David will I lay up on his shoulder. So he shall open and none shall shut and he shall shut and none shall open. So even here, you can see that government uh, has borders. And notice it says open and close in verse 22. Uh, um, he shall open and none shall shut. He shall shut and none shall open. I want to look at this in the Message Bible, uh, Isaiah uh, 22 and, and 21. It says, I'll dress him in your robe. I'll put your belt on him. I'll give him your authority. And he'll be a father leader to Jerusalem and the government of Judah. So notice here uh, that good government has a father's heart for the inhabitants. He says he'll be a, a father leader to Jerusalem and the government of Judah. I'll give him the key of the Davidic heritage. He'll have run of the place, open any door and keep it open, lock any door and keep it locked. Hallelujah. And so again, uh, good government has, has a, a father's heart. And then another point I want to bring out here is, is in Exodus chapter 20, uh, good government has what we call uh, a global law called the Ten, Command Ten Commandments. Uh, these uh, supernaturally given Ten Commandments help to govern humanity. These supernatural uh, Ten Commandments help to govern humanity, uh, not just the nation of, of Israel, but every nation. And uh, these are, are good laws, and these are laws that are timeless. They, they, have, they have moral boundaries. And so a, a government that's established on God's moral principles is, is a government where his law is the law of the land. And then these laws, when we apply these laws, they benefit every form of government, whether civic government, uh, work government, uh, family government, even self. So again, here in, in, in Acts 20, uh, beginning at verse 1, uh, I'm going to look at this in the Message Bible. It says, I am, the, I am God, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the life of slavery. So notice that God announces a victory uh, to the people, miraculous victory, that he brought them out of the land of slavery. He brought them supernaturally. And then notice some of the commands. Verse 3 says, no other gods, only me in the Message Bible. And then he goes on, verses 4, don't, don't carve any gods of any size or any shape. Uh, as I was reading, uh, this nation was surrounded by populations or, or countries who worshiped other images, and they called those images gods. But uh, the, uh, Israel was, was unique, and God is setting them up to be a successful nation, and he says, no other gods, only me. We're called to, to love and worship God with all of our soul and might. So good government or people uh, who, who choose to love God with all their soul and with all their might. Uh, verse 7 says, no using the name of, of God, your God, in curses or silly banter. God won't put up with the irreverent use of his name. So good government are those who honor the name of God. And then in verse 8 through 11 talks about observe the Sabbath day uh, to keep it holy. Work six days and do everything you need to do. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to God, your God. Don't do any work. 
not you or your son or your daughter, your servant or your maid, your animals, not even the foreign guests visiting your town. For in six days, God made heaven and earth and sea. And so observing the Sabbath, having that day of rest is a part of good government. And then notice verse 12, it says, honor your father and mother so that you live a long time in the land. So that's that's a part of good government. And uh, and as I, as I stated earlier, God began government with the family. And so family is a key component, a key uh, ingredient, a key constituent to society. So he says, honor your father and mother. So uh, the word honor is to prize highly. So that's a part of good government, to, to show respect. Another commandment in verse 13, no murder, don't murder. So I'm uh, talking about the unauthorized and the unlawful taking of life, uh, the intentional taking of life, life, not wartime killing or capital punishment, which is uh, which is the prescribed death penalty that that God uh, that God even uh, endorsed and God even used. So these last two uh, uh, wartime killing and 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 death penalty are ordained in a fallen a fallen world. Otherwise, evil will continue to persist. So there is there is those those types of killings that are are permissible, but here no murders talking about not an unauthorized or unlawful killing or taking of life. So we want that for a successful society, a society where there is no murder. And then 14, chapter, uh, verse 14, no adultery, which covers all forms of immorality and sexual sins and wrong. So we want a society where there is no uh, immorality or no adultery. And then also uh, in verse 15, uh, part of the government, Law is, is a law of no stealing. Uh, cheating is a form of stealing. And then also verse 16 is another law. No lies about your neighbor, no bearing false witness. It protects the reputation of others. And then in verse 17, no lusting after your neighbor's uh, house or, or wife or, or servant or maid or ox or donkey. <clears throat> don't, don't cover, don't set your heart on, on anything that is your neighbor. So having a, a, a being jealous, uh, or lusting after something that belongs to another person. So all of these laws help us to have a, a good government. So we don't want people uh, in our business. We don't want people in our in our society that that have these problems of, that, that that are murderers or that are thieves, that are adulterers. Uh, we don't want those. So the laws help to bring moral boundaries to help to build a successful society. Like we said, His will being done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's what we're aiming for, is God's kingdom to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, good leaders, another point, uh, if you go with me to Judges chapter 8 and verse uh, 22, Judges 8 and 22, uh, good leaders submit to the God who created government. Or you can say godly leaders submit to the God who created others who created government. Good leaders are those who uh, submit to God who created government. Here in Judges 8 and verse 22, uh, it says, the men of Israel said to Gideon in the King James, rule over us, both thou and thy son and thy son's son also, for thou has delivered us from the hand of Midian. And then verse 23, and Gideon said unto them, I will not rule over you, neither shall my son rule over you. And then he says, the Lord 
shall rule over you. Hallelujah. The Lord shall rule over you. And so good leaders, godly leaders, godly government are, are those who submit to the God who created government and saying that he's the one that's going to rule and being submitted to him. He's the ultimate ruler. Now go with me to uh, Psalm 33 and uh, verse 12 of me, familiar passage. Psalm 33 and verse 12. Here in the Amplified. And the point I want to bring out here is that the nation who makes God their Lord is a blessed land. They are they are env enviable. Uh, they are they are favored. So the nation who makes God their Lord, they are they are blessed. And so good government are are are, is, are people who make God their Lord, and as a result, they are blessed and they are env enviable. Here in uh, Psalm thirty three and verse twelve, it says, "Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied." is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his heritage. So blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. And then go with me to uh, Proverbs 14, and begin to wrap up here. Proverbs uh, 14 and verse 34. In Proverbs 14 and verse 34, it says, uh, doing righteous, and I say I have about three minutes left, doing righteousness will elevate a nation. Here's the point to bring out is that doing righteousness will elevate a nation and that, and that sin is a reproach. So here in Proverbs 14 and 34, it says uprightness and right standing with God and moral rectitude in every area in relation elevates a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. Sin is a reproach to any people. Now, I want to uh, bring up this point here. Uh, if you go with me to 1 Samuel uh, chapter uh, 10 and verse uh, 25, 1 Samuel chapter 10, New Living Translation, <clears throat> and verse 25, 1 Samuel 10 and New Living Translation, verse 25. Uh, part of the process of leadership is that we uh, must learn the rights and the duties of the position. So good, good leadership and good government is going through the process of learning the rights and the duties of that position. Learning the rights and the duties of that position. Learning the rights, what, what are the privileges? Uh, what are the, uh, uh, what is the authority? What are the duties, what are the tasks that's involved? Uh, what, what are the obligations that's involved?